Hi there. I'm Suparna Goswami, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group. We all know that most companies struggle to keep a track of the kinds of fraud taking place in their organization, leading to many hidden fraud cases. How can organizations tackle this issue? To discuss more on this, I have with me Vikas Agarwal, who is lead at PwC's Financial Crime Unit. Vikas, it is a pleasure to have you today. Thank you, Suparna. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Vikas. So because uh, I'm sure almost all industries face a problem of hidden fraud, since you interact with many practitioners on a regular basis, what are some interesting hidden fraud cases that you can share with the audience? Not necessarily you have to name the companies, but the cases which have come as a surprise to you. Yeah, thanks, Saperna. I think typically when we look at hidden fraud, it, it usually revolves around things that are internal to the company. Because typically items that face externally, your customers are going to notice things, you're going to get customer complaints, and you're going to identify those things quickly. And when you think about internal cases of fraud, they really revolve around most likely processes around your accounts payable, accounts receivable, and your payroll processes. You know, for example, a common area that sometimes we see weaknesses in companies revolves around payroll. In the payroll process, we can see things like ghost employees. We can see potentially employees that were terminated that are still active and people sometimes for years moving money through those employees and, and no one really noticing that they're still there. You know, accounts payable, while it's been a focus area probably for decades for companies, still has a lot of control weaknesses. You know, we still find people masking and duplicating vendors. We find items where people are faking invoices in order to channel money through those and then changing addresses to essentially get those invoices paid. And, and again, these things can go undetected for years because nobody's to the wiser that the fraud is actually occurring inside their organization. So, you know, in totality, when we look at it, really the, the focus that we see is these back office processes. And really it's around how people are putting more controls around those processes and looking at those where we see the largest weaknesses internally in organizations. All right. So any interesting case that comes to your mind with regards to payroll fraud or with regards to accounting that you just mentioned? Yeah, you know, there was, um, you know, I think, as I mentioned in one of the examples, there was an example of a ghost employee. You know, in, in an example that we saw, we actually saw somebody recently that had a ghost employee in their system. They were using a social security number that actually came from the death master, so this was a social security number of an individual who had passed away. And this employee had been receiving checks for five years because, and no one really knew that they were receiving checks and because they just thought it was a valid employee that was working from that standpoint. You know, another example I can give you, we, we see a lot around the bonus payout processes, especially when you look at bonus payouts to employees, those are sometimes done very manually. They're not as systematic. The numbers can vary. So it's hard to find patterns or trends in those items. And when you have weak controls around your terminated employees, we've seen numerous examples of companies paying out employees that have been terminated and playing those bonuses out. Now, you know, on one hand, that is a control weakness and it's not necessarily fraud if it was just a mistake on the terminated employee. But where we see this chart across a bridge is that people will change the information of the employee. They'll change the address, they'll change the location, they'll change the bank account numbers, and then the bonus checks will actually go into another person's account. And again, since the employee is terminated, the company never really receives a complaint about the situation. So nobody really it, it falls into that hidden fraud category 
category where no one's really aware that it's happening. Sure. So you mentioned about payroll fraud. You mentioned about your bonus uh, bonus payment fraud. So I'm sure these are not new. So what are the factors that more often than not lead to hidden fraud? And where is that companies are missing the mark or where is that they are lacking here? Yeah, look, I, I think it comes back to the design and operating this effectiveness of their controls. And as they think about their first, second and third line of defense. So when we look at the best companies that really do this really well, you know, first, I would say that they have a control structure where the first line of defense really understands the risks. They understand where where things can go wrong. They have a compliance program that's testing those risks and they have an internal audit program that's further testing those things and providing effective challenge on the design effectiveness and the operating effectiveness of those controls. Second, you know, companies that we see kind of really get this right is, you know, they're, they're very focused on using analytics as part of their controls. So they're constantly running data through things. They're constantly testing different scenarios. They're starting to use more advanced technologies like machine learning to really field test different synthetic data sets through their control architecture to see what can go wrong where. And that becomes a very important component. And third, you know, I, I would say people have actually invested in additional tools to do monitoring and surveillance. And, and that that also becomes a very a control itself. And, and that's an investment a company has to make. Oftentimes people say, well, you know, I have this large general ledger system, you know, I've picked something up from SAP, from Oracle, from someone else, I really don't need to invest in something on top of that. But what we find is companies that do make the investment on top of that, they get that additional layer of control, and they're able to catch things that might leak through the sieve of their control architecture. Sure. So you mentioned about companies making that additional layer of investment in technology to secure their system. So what are some of these technologies? Basically, I, what I want to understand is how are you seeing organizations approaching the problem of hidden fraud? Yeah, so from, from these technology standpoint, essentially the core of these technologies is their analytical engines that are providing advanced capabilities with machine learning, AI, and visualization. And what these technologies do is that clients are actually taking their data. So it could be their time and expense data, their accounts payable data, their payroll data, and they're creating a dump of this data into the database of these technologies. And then the technology itself is running through numerous rules. It's running through things that maybe are looking for fake vendors. They're looking for duplicate items. They're looking for, they're comparing employees against the death master, like the example that we mentioned earlier. And they're triggering alerts that are meaningful to investigate. Now, that, at the most basic level, that's what tools did for a long time. I think where things are getting more sophisticated is the use of newer technologies are allowing us to dig even deeper in these surveillance items. So for example, some of these tools now, they can take an address, they can automatically search within a Google API to see the validity of that address. They can actually take the image of that address and they can comb that image to see whether it's the type of business or the type of vendor that you would expect that you're doing business with. And that's all being done automatically through web crawling and web scraping using natural language processing technology and that's where the real advancements have come is that ability to not only comb your data more intelligently, but compare it with large swaths of external data that would often be done manually through somebody having to cut and paste things, go do web searches, go to items to really find, you know, connect the dots to find something that was wrong. But newer technologies are really helping people do that much more quicker, faster, and smarter. So how does the technology work when it comes to say, if I'm having a payroll fraud, uh, against a person who has passed away. So 
how will this technology detect, okay, this person is no more alive or is no more working in the organization? How does it happen? So I think there's, you know, in that example, there's a different, there's a couple different layers. One at the most basic layer, the technology is able to run the analytics that can take your current human resources file and the current people you're paying and do a simple reconciliation and say, okay, are, is everybody that's in the in your company, the people that are getting paid? You know, I think that's the first layer and you can compare that on names, it can compare that on addresses, you can compare that on phone numbers and bank accounts. So you get one layer of control there, but that's not the only layer of control you need because somebody, a good fraudster, could have gone to the HR system and also created a record there. <laughs> so you don't necessarily know that hey, maybe your payroll record is one thing, maybe you're, they got into the, they penetrated that record as well. So let's just say in that example that you couldn't find it there. The next step that it does, these, these technologies do, is they actually go and then compare third-party databases. So they can actually go into kind of a registry of the social security numbers that are inactive, of people who've logged passing away. And let's just say, again, in that example, that control failed as well. Like for whatever reason, that so it was another social security number. It wasn't a person that was in there. Then the third layer is, and this is where we were just talking about earlier, is they could actually take that name and it could search that name on the web. It could find news articles on that name. It could find the social media presence of that individual. It could find the geolocation information of that individual through other third-party sources. And it could triangulate that information to give you a degree of certainty on whether that person is an actual person or not. And you know, in today's, in today's world with the fraudsters, you'd be surprised that they've gotten very good at making synthetic individuals and that that creation of synthetic individuals is something that requires sometimes 20, 30, 40 data points to really identify that that individual is synthetic and not an actual individual. Excellent. So fraudsters have long used several methods to ill-gotten assets, right? So what are some tools forensic investigators can leverage to track and uncover these assets? So as we think about the tools that are out there, I think they fall into three or four different categories. First, you, you really need a good set of tools to extract the data from your ERP systems and from your HR systems. And I think the level of tools that you need depend on the level of sophistication of your systems. Um, newer systems make this really easy. Older systems that are more mainframe-based systems are a little bit harder. And I would say investing in those tools to extract the data is extremely important because that's the first step. Once you have the data, that there's a lot that you can do. The second example is once you have that data, you need a set of tools that you can really run the analytics against. These are readily available nowadays. I mean, Excel has gotten very powerful itself in doing a lot, but even beyond Excel, you can easily pump this information into a database um, that are available for many providers. And you can run a lot of common analytics technologies like R, Python, SQL um, against this information. Um, third is where you get more sophisticated is how do you start to then use machine learning libraries against this data? And those, those are more libraries that are readily available, open source with the right data scientists. You're able to leverage those libraries and use that information. And then lastly is the visualization tool of then how do you monitor and look at that data and create insights from that data? And we believe this component is extremely important because it's about how do you create the right metrics that you're going to monitor? And then how do you create the right red flags that are the things that you want to look at? All too often, one of the biggest pitfalls that we see in these efforts is that if you don't shine the flashlight sharp enough, you create too many false positives, too many alerts, and then you lose finding the needle in the haystack. And that becomes extremely important as you think about finding hidden fraud because you're looking for that needle. And that means you need to focus your search and your focus your analytics the right way. Because what I wanted to understand is since the 
this is a word hidden shot means that basically you don't know what you're aiming for right yep. so how tough can it get to find as you said the needle in the haystack i know it's tough but here you don't even know what you're looking for what type of fraud you're looking so how tough can it get yeah, look at, at the end of the day what what you do it's it's more about what you do know you're looking for than what you don't what you do know that you're looking for is you're looking for somebody that's stealing money from you you know at the core or, or that's open the channel through your through your kind of what what you would call your castle you know to get money out right and that's that's really what you're looking for and they figured out a way to do it to disguise it so what when we think about our approach to hidden fraud and when we when we've thought about working with clients on this topic our goal is to really look at and look at the processes that they have and where is every process and every touch point where money can leave the organization and what are the controls around that and that's where we really focus at analytics and finding the needle in the haystack it's it's making sure that those cracks in the armor whether it's in a treasury department whether it's in the AP department the accounts receivable department the wire rooms that may exist um in an organization the the payroll and employee processes there's so many places where money goes in and out and that is a step you know a very important step in finding hidden fraud it's just that that is the one known that you know is that it involves some type of financial loss and that's where you have to really fortify your defenses. Sure because thank you so much for sharing your views on hidden fraud and how what can organizations do to tackle this issue. Thank you so much. Really a pleasure. Prada thank you very much for having me and really appreciate the time today. Thank you. You were listening to Vikas Agarwal for ISNG this is Suparna Goswami.